The bell's rung, and welcome to another edition of the Icon Showdown podcast. I'm your trusty host, Enan Hennigan, and with me today again is the one and only Scott Allen. How are we doing today, Scott? I'm feeling it. You're feeling it! This is good. Uh, especially considering the movies we're showing down today, there is a lot of visceral stuff going on in here. Um, as we do in the Icon Showdown podcast, we take two creative works in a given category, this month being like um, most iconic mainstream horror and of a particular year we determine which is the top dog so today we're dealing with 2003 and we are pinning the texas chainsaw massacre remake against rob zombie's house of a thousand corpses um and as we do we like to start talking about the one that was released first which happens to be house of a thousand corpses in april of that year and of course we're going to break it down in the categories uh that we normally do antagonist ensemble uh surviving characters setting deeper meanings and then finally the fright factor and these are both pretty scary so let's talk about the antagonists plural in house of a thousand corpses uh who do we have scott uh well the entire family what's her last name uh do they do we get a last name uh mosley mosley is their last name oh no no no. that's the actor who plays otis but you're absolutely right uh we aren't given a proper last name ultimately it looks like mother firefly it's all these initial first names tiny rufus grandpa hugo only first names do you think there's any meaning to that no (laughs) i don't think so i think maybe he's just like yeah whatever could be anybody Fair enough. Um, it is interesting in that um, Otis, our main kind of like hillbilly, scraggly-haired, bleach-blonde, super hillbilly-looking guy, um, he mentions like the blood goes on, but you as a person doesn't. So there might be something going on in there in that they seem sort of like anti-family and normalcy and America and culture. Um, so maybe they're just kind of uh, going against the rules and they, they believe more in self than family, even though they ironically are working together to murder. Was, uh, do you think they believe in the family or what, what's the deal there? Because they do work together, but oh, they, they seem yeah. like they shouldn't be. Yeah, I feel like they have to be a family. Was uh, Captain Spaulding part of that family? Captain Spaulding, I feel like, is either the uncle or like BFFs with, uh, I don't know, maybe Grandpa Hugo or something. It's never clear, even in the latter ones, what his role is, just that he ultimately feeds them people um, and is always kind of like working with them. I'm not exactly sure if he is part of the fam. We don't actually know if any of them are really family, though. I want to assume that they are. Yeah, we, we could definitely assume it. Um, but given that there is no last name, I mean, maybe not. You never know. Um, what are the motivations of this psychotic family? Seems like just they're bored and they enjoy killing people. It's just what they like doing. Yeah, I definitely think it's just like sadistic pleasure. Well, because um, Otis considers himself a, an, an artist, right? Isn't that what... That's true. That's true. I think maybe they're trying to um, bring horror films to life actually like to live horror films they seem like they're obsessed with horror culture um as we see in captain spaulding's museum which we'll talk about the setting later but it does seem like uh they're they're obsessed with because ultimately i mean think about um rain wilson's character getting turned into like a fish man they are obsessed with these creatures of darkness that are depicted for culture like the glorification thereof um, so I think it's kind of almost like a reenactment of that, I, I, like I, bringing horror to real life. I don't know if they're consciously doing that, but it seems like they could be. Yeah, that's a. Uh, is that Rain Wilson? It is Rain Wilson. Okay. So we have Dwight from the Office yeah. in this, and it took me like this six viewing to realize that Chris Hardwick is the other lead. Oh, that, that I had was no idea that that was him. Yeah, that was in his plump phase. He had he had gained some weight, I think. Um, let's talk about the aesthetic of these characters. Did you think uh, Rob Zombie's uh, design of his family was interesting? Who did you like the most? Which one kind of missed the mark? I don't think any of them missed the mark. I like the uh, the old man the most, I think. Uh, yeah, Grandpa just, Hugo. So, yeah, when he was doing that speech <laughs> and he's spitting, telling the joke. <laughs> yes. Ah, brother. <laughs> it was very amusing. Yes. Um, that is a. I mean, the indelible. characters, the, the anti-heroes are the best part of that whole thing, man. I, I hated the... The protagonists, all the, the teenagers, and I couldn't stand them. They drove me nuts. I wanted them to die. Um, yeah, I, I acknowledge the fact that especially the girls were kind of weak, weak sauce. I, I like the guy characters though, and I like Hardwick's actually better than Rain Wilson's in this. 
Um, but yeah, I know what you're saying. I wasn't necessarily rooting for them to die, but I do love the villain design in this. Um, I know you're not the biggest fan of Baby, but his wife, Sherry Ann Moon, I love that baby. She takes like Harley Quinn to the next level. She's what Harley Quinn should be instead of the glossy version that we've seen. I also liked um, Tiny. You know, he's kind of reminiscent of other villains we've seen, um, and like Hills Have Eyes with Goggle. But, like, the big, massive dude who wears <laughs> the skull and crossbones sweater. Yeah, I no, know. I liked him. There was something about him. He was compassionate. You, you felt for him. If he died, I would have felt bad. Uh, <laughs> I, I felt more um, for him than I did any of the uh, the teenagers. They're supposed to be teenagers, right? Maybe young 20s? But I think the they might be crew. early 20s there because they, they are trying to write a book about uh, places where horrific things had happened. All right, young 20s. Um, so I, th- I, th- I think, yeah, maybe, yeah. Possibly graduate students. Who knows? Uh, but I, I think they're beyond teenagers. We do have the teenage cheerleaders, though, that they do capture. Yeah. I, I will so we say, do have those I, teenagers. Uh, I don't usually enjoy the Sherry Moon, uh, but her yeah. in this it was actually very fitting. She did really well with it. Uh, <laughs> I love her in this. Outside of I think it's any of the other iconic films. Uh, yeah, I can't. I can't stand it. That's fair. That's fair. It is a it is a pretty grating voice, but frankly, that voice is scary as hell, if you ask me, in the context that it's used. <laughs> um, and that's actually, yeah, we're talking about the vocalization, so that was scary for me. Otis is kind of like a demon preacher, the way that he talks. And as you mentioned, Grandpa Hugo, the way he's spitting off at that microphone, is also freaky as hell. Um, was there any other like vocal stuff that you found scary from our antagonist? Uh I mean, the sound, I feel like zombie has always been really good with sound. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, what was the, oh, man, Red Skull. I don't know if it was the sound or not, but he was probably the, the creepiest thing in it. Um, um, what, what, what's Red Skull? What, what, I'm missing that. Uh, remember the, reference. like, towards the end, I think it was one of Dr. Satan's big creatures oh, that came out. Oh, that's right. The goo that's coming right. out of okay. his face when he takes the mask off. Ugh. Yes, fair enough. Uh, yeah, he does super well with, with making horrific sounds, and we can talk about his actual music in it later. really works. And in terms of originality for these antagonists, have we seen this before? Yeah. I mean, this was almost a, a, a sort of a, a spiritual remake of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I feel like. Yeah, I feel like it's an amalgamation of that and Hills Have Eyes in terms of the character design. Um, so in that way, it's not so original, but... I do think it's original in that these characters are, are, are rooted in... He was initially asked to create a haunted house for Universal Studios, and he got the idea for this movie when creating that. And he's like, oh, crap, this could actually be a movie in itself. So he was going through that mindset of bringing horror to an interactive real-life design. And what if he ultimately happened to be like Otis and was actually taking it to the you know, umph degree? If you will. It actually kind of, uh, re- so in kind that of reminds sense, me I think of, it's original. I, I think it kind of reminds me of, do you remember that movie with Dan Aykroyd? It was like a funny horror movie, like Nothing to Lose maybe, where they go to that small Sorta. town and they get stuck in the house. Do you remember that? Okay. Not, I remember the title. I don't remember specifics from it though. Oh, it's very similar. Anyway, continue. I think oh, it came, really? I might okay, have came out, no, it no, came out probably late 80s, early 90s, but besides huh, the point. I'm going to have to uh, catch up with that one then. Um, but I'm going to give it a little more credit. I think you're right in terms of we have a, a family of misfits uh, being a little used. But these character designs are so good and so unique. And with the exception of maybe Tiny being something I've seen before, I've never seen a baby. I've never seen a Grandpa Hugo like that. Um, and even the mother, uh, Mother Firefly, I feel like was a unique take on the mother figure within these creepy-ass families. Um, so I'm going to give it a little bit little, little bit of points on originality, even though it is kind of borrowing the psycho family. Yeah, I mean, I won't knock it out too much. I think that's kind of what he was doing, though. It, it was definitely kind of an homage to 70s kind of exploitation horror films. Yes, I think you're right. I think it was an homage to a degree, but I think he takes it to the next level. Yeah, he ups um, it. Let's talk then about Texas Ch- Chainsaw's uh, villains, plural, but our, our primary one is Thomas Hewitt, also known as Leatherface. We get to see him in multiple faces in this one. What is his motivation? Um, I think he's he was sort of just cut off, right? He was just sort of a kid that never got out of the house. And he, he, his whole thing was he had a deformed face, so he was just trying right, to... Right, and a skin disease. Yeah, so he was just... I don't know, collecting faces to build a face. And then, you know, just his way of being like, 
Uh, you want to be friends? I'm gonna cut you up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think it's it's revenge and jealousy. It's a combination of those two, and it just got more and more um, compounded as he got older, and was pretty much supported by his family for what he was doing. That's kind of the weirdest part about it. And I think when we talk about deeper meanings, we talk about it more. Why did why is his family so enabling him as they do? Because he is ultimately the only one that kills, right? Uh, Does any I of the d- other family kill? I don't know. Did the sheriff kill? I feel like the sheriff did. I don't did. think so. He wrangles him up, but I don't think he actually like finishes the job. He tries to shoot Jessica Biel when she's escaping at the end, but I don't think he... I mean, he beats him up a little bit, but I think Leatherface is really the only murderer murderer in it, and they're just like the accomplice accessories to his horror show. Unless, I mean, I'll keep thinking about it, but as far as I know, I think he was the only one that did any of the kills in it. Okay. Did you think uh, this this version of Leatherface that we're seeing, because you can think back to the OG or even the sequels from the original, was effective? Did you like the look? Yeah, I thought it was great. I, I don't, yeah, I did too. There's almost no difference, really. I mean, I don't remember if they showed his face in the the original or in any of the, the sequels. Um, no, I don't think they did. Like his un- the, under the skin, yeah. under the leather face itself. And I don't think in the original that they actually had him wear the face of somebody he'd killed within the movie, as we see him wearing Kemper's face when he's going after Jessica Biel in the car. Right. Uh, yeah, that, that was I'm pretty, not sure. They actually they did that in both movies. Uh, they both wore they someone's did? face. They did. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, vocalization. How does he sound? How does Leatherface sound? I don't. Did he ever make a sound? He just mostly grunted, right? And yes, mumbling like baby grunts. Yeah, he sounds right. like he's just like a kid that never grew up, sort of thing, and was a f- touched in the head, sort of stuff. Oh, um, like like Michael Jackson, <laughs> but doesn't sing. Like when he uh, when he gets when he actually like cuts himself up when he's trying to get through the fence with with the uh, chainsaw. You can kind of hear the like really kind of <laughs> strange moan. Okay. Um, that sounds childish almost to a degree. Originality? Uh, well, I, I mean, I, it's a remake. I would base it off the remake. Yeah, that um, is a ding. But, I mean, let's look at it as, you know, it's the reboot. So as a killer in and as a whole, when we're thinking about iconic killers. Yeah, I mean, as a whole, it's, it's a four. It's Leatherface. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. I mean, he's he's one of the top dogs, right? He's top five. Oh, absolutely. Uh, most memorable killers. Yeah, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with you there. Um, okay, so let's rank these both right now. What are we going to give in terms of the antagonist for House? Uh, I feel like give a three would be pretty generous. I love them all so bad. I want a 3.5, especially if we're going to give Texas a four. Uh, yeah, I just I yeah. want to keep it in the running That's fine. here. It, just, it okay. can't beat Texas. In terms of that one, I, I agree. But let's move on to Ensemble, where I think it does have a chance to beat Texas. Um, so when we talk about House on, I'm uh, not House on Haunted Hill, but House of a Thousand Corpses, I love this cast through and through. Everyone does their part. As we talked about, even your issues with Sherry Moon are dissolved in this one because it's the first time we ever deal with her. It's like nothing we'd seen before. Um, in terms of character development, Denise of the protagonist, I feel like, is probably the most developed because we get to see her father and family life and her father ultimately comes trying to save her. Is there any other character development you noticed? Uh, Not really. I mean, none of the... I mean, none of the uh, antagonist people really go through anything. They're kind of the same way all the way through, right? And... Well, the maybe. antagonists don't change, but I feel like Denise, who, who's the one with the father, also becomes progressively more annoyed with Chris Hardwick's Jerry. You see kind of like her less interested in him as they go along sort of thing. Oh, um, yeah, because Baby was getting on top of him, and that right? Yeah, that was part of it. Um, and also, considering it all takes place over the course of a few hours and one night, how much can we actually expect to see a character change in that? You know yeah. what I mean? So I do feel like the characters were all fully realized, but whether you can have an effective arc in um, that sort of, sort of, sort of yeah. time span where ultimately everybody's dead at the end, I, mean, uh, I'm I not don't. Sure. I, I really did not care for any of the, the protagonists. In this one, I mean, may, not yeah, even Hardwick. Maybe Hardwick, just because I like Hardwick. Super though. horror fan, but even his character, you have to admit, is kind of annoying. They're all just annoying, especially super the, annoying, especially the girl. Uh, what was her? Uh, um, There's Mary and Denise. Uh, which one dies the first? <laughs> I don't remember even. I don't the remember. one that's stabbed by a baby and not put into the uh, coffin. That is Mary. 
Mary. She might be the most annoying for me. Yeah, she wasn't too good. She's the one ultimately that they show Rain Wilson as the fish man. That's who you're talking about, right? They unveil the fish man to her. Okay. I enjoyed watching them go sort of thing. Um, and I completely agree that I found Rain, or not Rain Wilson's, but ultimately Chris Hardwick's character super annoying. But then when I finally realized it was him watching it for the sixth time, when I'm more aware of who Chris Hardwick is, I liked it a lot more, granted. Yeah because I knew who it was. Um, okay, let's talk about, is there any relationship dynamics between, you know, even the bad guys or the good guys you like? Apparently you didn't like any of the dynamics between um, the relationships. But what about in the family itself? Was there any intriguing connections? I I, kinda, I did like Sherry Moon and how she was just sort of, you can't, if she was flirting or if she was just like, I'm a prepare, like, like you're preparing a meal. You know what I mean? I couldn't yeah, yeah. tell, but that was fun to watch, especially with you. Yeah, know. when she, yeah, that was fun. I, when she asked Rain Wilson, "Are you flirting with me?" I loved it. It yeah. was great. Um, in terms of Bill and uh, Mary's relationship, didn't I didn't really see that one as much as Denise and Jerry's. At least you see the annoyance building there. But Bill and Mary's was kind of static. Um, I also <laughs> I think it's interesting. Tiny never talks, but he's kind of the only one we get a background on. We get we get to learn how Tiny became this deformed monster with his ears cut off and through the burn. Um, so he's, he's strangely the only antagonist who, who's given a backstory, even though we don't hear I him talk. I still think he's the most sympathetic character in the whole movie, right? Yeah, it might be because of that, too. We get to understand like what made him that in a way we don't understand how the rest of them became so horrible. Um, acting ability, who, who's your favorite? Who's your least favorite? I mean, you got to give it to Bill Mosley. Otis was really good. Uh, again. The, oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, the old man. What was his name? Um, Rufus? No. Rufus. Uh, well, there's Rufus, I think, was the um, he was the tow truck guy, oh. as far as I know. I think he was the one that wore the animal heads. And then he didn't really say much himself. Oh, okay. But Gra- yeah, Grandpa, Grandpa Hugo. Hugo. Yeah, Dennis. Fimble. He was great. I enjoyed him quite a bit. He was really good. Uh, um, I didn't. Uh, yeah, I was going to say I, I didn't hate Chris Hardwick, but I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, he's a little over the top, but I actually enjoyed his horror enthusiasm um, because you could tell that's like him there. You know? I, have you seen him act other than that? I, I mean, I singled out. <laughs> oh, that's not acting, though. And yeah, yeah I've listened to his podcast a shit ton. But I've let s- us not forget Sid Haig, ultimately our, our scary clown, Spaulding, who, you know, this this episode is dedicated to Sid Haig, who recently passed away in the last month. Oh, that's right. Um, no, he was, so farewell, yeah. Mr. Haig. You're, you're super entertaining. Uh, I mean, he's so good. He's, good luck in the next world. Yeah, he's almost a little icon in himself, right? I completely agree. I, I definitely agree. Um, I wonder if he makes any appearance in... The new sequel, Three from Hell. I hope he does. I hope he does. Um, of course, diversity, we have nothing going on, right? Is there any people of color? I don't know any of their background, so I, 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 I don't think so. I don't think so either. I didn't, I didn't recall seeing anyone or no LGBT stuff going on there either. Um, okay, let's pop over to Texas Chainsaw and talk about that ensemble. What did you think about our glossy hot people? They actually did a great job. I think their acting was spot on for me. No one, ah! no one bothers me. I mean, the least, I guess, would be Jessica Biel in the very beginning. Um, yeah. But other than that, I like the rest of them. You know? um, I think you might be a little too generous with them. Um, I didn't like Pepper that much. I did really like, um, what's the guy's name? Jonathan Tucker as, uh, I can't remember his The boyfriend, right, name. Morgan? Double check. No, it was the fifth wheel guy. The fifth wheel guy, Andy. Uh, Andy, I want to say. Oh, no, 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 my bad. Yeah, you're right. Morgan was the fifth wheel guy, um, and Andy and Kemper are two uh, boyfriends in it. I like the fifth wheel guy. Oh, no, he was uh, I hilarious. had mixed feelings about Andy. I think he was he was compelling once he lost his leg and was on the hook before yeah, I think, that. Yeah, I think he was supposed to be like the kind of just dumb, sexy dude. Right? Yeah, sort of I think character. so, too. Uh, I love and I yeah. like Eric Balfour. He's from Buffy. He dies. He's one of the first people to die ever in Buffy the Show. Uh, so yeah, I, I had nostalgia for him. But oh, yeah, he Jessica was in... gets good. He, I, I do like. Defend him. Jessica Biel for me, please. What I, I first off, I love Jessica Biel. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's gorgeous. Uh, even her acting was it was fine in it. I didn't see any problem. It never distracted me. I mean, I wasn't distracted it, by it. Especially when it that. gets picked up later when it. You know the chase and all that. I mean, she was real good for the yeah horror horror. When she doesn't have lines, <laughs> um, 
Uh, yeah, I mean, if you're comparing, I, I, I this like to, her being chased. If you're comparing this to House of a Thousand Corpses, I mean, this the acting is way better. Come on, you think the acting's in this one's what way better? Oh, yeah, um, I think as in far terms as the protagonists of... go, absolutely. <sighs> Shoot, I got mixed feelings. I got mixed feelings about it. But in terms of the protagonist, maybe. But Rain Wilson's a good actor. Chris Hardwick was playing himself, but I agree that the girls in that those final girls were not as good as Jessica Biel. I'll give Jessica Biel credit over the girls from. House of a Thousand. I'm with you on that one. But you know who our best actor in this is? Uh, R. Lee Emery as Sheriff Hoyt. Oh, yeah. He's never bad. Right? He's know. so I good. I mean, he was an actual drill sergeant, and that's why they used him for, uh, what was the, uh, the movie where they, I think he first had a, a role? Oh, fuck. I can never remember names anymore. Um, Is that the um, one? Uh, Full Metal Jacket. Full Metal Jacket. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's pitch perfect. He's you, you know there's something up immediately. I didn't, when I first saw it, realize that he was like the father figure, which was interesting. They give you a um, hint, though, who, right before that he rolls up. Uh, because they show yeah. him rolling up, and they go, he, he'll be a half an hour. So I'm <laughs> right. not sure if he's they supposed to. They have to go meet him. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know if he was supposed to be the sheriff or wasn't. He wasn't, right? Or was he the sheriff? Ah, good question. He has a sheriff's car, but there's a good chance maybe he just killed the sheriff. Yeah, they hinted that. It's a small town, I guess. Maybe it's just like a a town of five, like that one family. Right. (laughs) Maybe he did. Yeah. That's a good question. I'd like to know that backstory. Uh, Do you remember from the first one? There was no sheriff character like that, right? I don't believe so. I don't think so. I think that's no. one of the better additions in this one. Yeah, I mean, I think um, yeah, it was he was the dad for sure of the family. So I think um, they just added that little to make it more suspenseful. Maybe. Um, did you like Pepper? Pepper was not my favorite in terms of the female actresses. She, uh, I I liked her. I didn't hate her. I mean, she's the hippie one, right? Yeah, she's the hitchhiker, which I find interesting. Both of these movies have hitchhikers. Um, to kind of start them off. I told you, man. House of a Thousand Corpses has a lot to do with Texas Chainsaw. Yeah. No, you can definitely see the comparisons. Like, this um, was, you know, this was sure. obviously a, a remake because it's Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But uh, I think House of a Thousand Corpses was its spiritual remake. Um. Yeah, but it, it, it goes its own direction. But you're right. It is It is retreading some of the same stuff. And if you got, you got to give the OG Texas Chainsaw. But if we're looking at both these two being released in the same year... I don't know. On the surface, I like House more, but we'll get to whether or not it earns it. Um, And I think it's interesting that you do actually like this ensemble probably better than I do. Um, So let's grade these two then. What what, what are we giving House of in terms of their ensemble? Uh, I mean, the. I know you're going to want to ding it, right? You're going to want to ding it. Bring it way down for me. I did love the family, Otis. The family is so good that you have to at least give it a three, right? Yeah, but if you I give this give a, a three, three, I'm gonna have to give Texas a four, and I don't want to give it a four. I mean, I would give this a two point five or a thousand. House, house if we give a this thousand. a two. Uh, I struggle with giving. We can't give uh, Texas a four. Well, I know this is why it's I have to that, bring down. There's no character the development there. Did we? Even, let's let's talk about that. Was there any character development done in Texas Chainsaw? I don't think so. Right. Um, I mean, just as much as the House of a Thousand Corpses. Yeah, I mean, her okay. character. Do you feel like you had a better just, sense of their relationship? I did. Yeah, I think uh, because Jessica okay. Biel, they don't say this in the movie; they cut it out. But she's pregnant, which is why she doesn't smoke or do any of that kind of stuff. Um, oh, so if they would have kept that in, I think it would have been a little bit cooler. Because whatever she has, uh, her she starts off kind of weak and, and feeble, but she does yeah. definitely become a, a heroic hero. Yeah, and you could, I'm with you. Even John, uh, what is it, Kemper, Eric. Belfour, he comes around the very beginning. You know what I mean? He, 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 this, okay, as good as good as they are, and I'm hearing you entirely. I just think there's so many bad guys in House of that are so unique, and we're seeing them for the first time in this film that that gets it to a three on its own. And I like two of the four protagonists enough, so that's like 0.5, 0.5 loss. And for me, it's a three. And I mean, I don't know. Are you willing to go with House of for three? Two point five seems so low, especially if it was only the two girls that were not ideal. All right. I, okay. No? I, I, I can give it a three. <laughs> Thank you. So what are we gonna give three. Texas then? You're gonna have to talk me into a three for Texas. I, 
I mean, this isn't. Uh, I guess I'd give it a three because we, we can't really include Leatherface I will in this, right? Because it's if, the end. You, you conceded on that one. Yeah, you can't really. Um, um, I think they're both threes. I think they both have serious strengths in different areas. Like you said, the protagonists are amazing in Texas. Um, but ultimately, I really can't tag in this. There's so many of them are also is, good. The acting is so much better in, in Texas Chainsaw, I think, for the ensemble. Um, I, I think that can be argued personally, because I only have two problems with House of, and I didn't like Pepper. I had mixed feelings about some of the secondary characters. Like, what about um, the, the sister who claims she doesn't have a phone? Them, I mean, they're okay, right? But they're not, these the secondary antagonists that aren't as memorable as the secondary antagonists in House of a Thousand Corpses. All right, I'm willing to give it a three. I'm willing to <laughs> three give and it three. A, a three. Three and three. Right, well, this is why up. we should ever own scores so we could then add them all up and see what happens. Oh, this is more fun. Uh, got to try to fight. For this your... agreeing stuff is tough. <laughs> um, okay, let's move on to surviving characters. Um, who do we have surviving in House of a Thousand Corpses? Uh, did anybody? I mean, the family did. No. Uh, yeah. I mean, it is. It is. Uh, it seems like we're gonna have that. I think it was Denise live, but then ultimately she's picked up by Spalding at the end, so yeah. she's she's doomed. Um, so I think there's no escape. I think it's way more bleak in terms of that really creepy final sequence. Um, determination to survive. Do you think? I know you hated the girls in this, but did they want to live? Yeah, they, they gave a pretty good fight. They did give a pretty good fight. You got to give them that. And again, that these actresses get better when there's not the lines there and when they're just fighting for their life. Um, but they all do seem pretty doomed from the get go. And frankly, this is when I would say Rain Wilson is not not his best. He hasn't like, proven himself as an actor as much as he has of late. Um, acting ability. We talked about the girls not being great. Who's your favorite actor in it? I gotta give the. Bill Mosley, then, right? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, but this that's kind of moot because we're talking about surviving characters. Yeah, and he is technically a surviving character. Yeah. Um, and iconic status, not not really in terms of our surviving characters, right? This is, I think, what's really going to hurt. Oh yeah, completely forgettable. Um, House of because you you gotta have somebody. It's so bleak. This is where Rob Zombie, I think, loses a lot of people, and why it made sixteen million versus Texas Chainsaw's a hundred million. Because um, it would have been nice to have a shred of hope, but Zombie does not give us that hope. Let's talk about the survivor in Texas Chainsaw. This is your girl. Talk yes. about how she did it. What was her means of escape? Uh, she, uh, I don't remember now. <laughs> just an, I, uh, so ultimately, she's helped by the kid to ultimately get to the meat plant and escape um, Leatherface. And then she gets to the road where the truck driver picks her up, but then, of course, stops where he thinks the sheriff lives. Um, and then she she steals the baby back. you got to give her that. She actually goes out of her way above and beyond. She could have just saved herself. She gets the baby, hot wires the car. Oh, that's right. Um, and then she runs over. What, did she run over Leatherface with the car? Was that no, she, she runs over the cop. She runs oh, over the father figure, yeah. Arlie Emery. Like four times. Um, yeah, she does back up and get him again, which was awesome. Um, she's yeah, no, she. I think she definitely kicked ass in the in the department of. I, I agree with alive. you. In the third act, she, oh, she does kick ass. The scene when she's at in the meat locker and she's actually in the locker. Yes. Oh, that was for sure. That was a great scene. That's great. Plus, oh man, at the end, if if they did tell, you know, it would have been kind of cool if they said she was pregnant and then, you know, somehow maybe all the action killed the baby. It's a lot going on either way. But either way, she has a baby. Uh, she's because she kept the little baby, right? Yeah. Yes, she did. She That's saved the baby. the baby. I think there was a whole thing about Which was so that. interesting. She's um, like, you stole that baby, just as she's like starting to get all drugged up and pass out. It was, that, was in a, that was a tense moment, for sure. Yeah. Um, oh, and yeah. finally, him over, so you oh. think iconic status? She's, she's top girl? She's like a top final girl? She's no like Nev Campbell and Scream, right? No, but I, you can't when give I her think that of this much. movie, I think of Jessica Biel immediately. You know what I mean? I have no doubts who, who, who stars in it. And I, I remember most of the More than any too. other movie. Yeah, uh, uh, Rules of Attraction the other one, maybe, a, I think of her. I mean, far more than a House of a Thousand Corpses, by far. Of the people in it, you're right. I always kind of forget who's in other than Sherry Moon, um, who's super iconic. Uh, okay, so House of a Thousand, what are we giving it, surviving characters-wise? One? Yeah, I give it a one. And then we will give three. I mean, it's not the level of a screen no, final girl no. here. I mean, I'd give it Texas a three. Texas a three? Yeah, I'd give it okay, a three. Okay, that's fair. Uh, let's move on to the settings, because I think this is where House is going to win. 
Uh, we have Rhodesville, uh, House of a Thousand Corpses is uh, located in Rhodesville. We have Spalding's Museum. I personally loved this setup, having them show up at the museum and then that museum ultimately come to life to me was phenomenal. Um, I know you mentioned that Aykroyd movie kind of does something similar. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they maybe it's house. not super as original as I thought, but I freaking love this execution here. Um, and maybe one of my favorite settings of all horror films ever, to be honest with you, which is going to be, that's a big statement. Um, but even when you get out of the museum and they're about to escape in the car, or not escape, they don't even know that they're escaping yet, but then the scarecrows come to life. Had we seen that part of that, where the scarecrows like come down and it's dumb in masks? That has been done. It, what was the movie? Jeepers Creepers. Okay. <laughs> okay. Did that come out before? This came out in 2001. Oh, okay. So I believe oh, oh, there was oh, oh, a scene. Oh, but where... listen to me here. What? Listen to me here, though. Uh, House of a Thousand Corpses was initially made in 2000 um, by Universal, but they thought that it would get an NC-17 rating, so they decided not to release it. And Rob Zombie got the rights to it and sold it to Lionsgate three years later. So technically, House of a Thousand Corpses did it first. All right, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, it's also kind of a weird thing too how they, because he was just on on the cross, right? Just on the, on the side mm-hmm. of the road for almost no reason. Like, did he know they're gonna get away? I'll be right back. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go get on this cross real quick. Yeah, that's what I love about it, though. They're trying to make it like a actual horror haunted house come to life. You know what I'm saying? That's what made it scary for me and unique. Yeah, it's kind but of I see like how if you if you if you're not buying into them trying to make a living horror movie, then that seems absurd. But I really feel like they they're trying to bring that shit to life. I mean, yeah, I can't really try to make sense of a horror movie. That'd be kind of stupid on my part. But uh, <laughs> Fair. I did enjoy it. They did have a great great scene in that movie. The house was great and it looked authentic, like a crazy person family's house. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, the store was cool. They did the. That the push cart museum tour that was fun, right? Uh, even where uh, Doctor Satan's lab was in the, in the hole mm-hmm. in the ground, just that was pretty epic. They even the shot of them walking in the field to it was also a pretty phenomenal shot. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think I think the whole ambience of it is amazing and just adds. Yeah, to he it. killed it on that. I mean, even I'm assuming they were in the attic, uh, in his in uh, what's his name, fucking Otis's like uh, art studio. Mm-hmm. That was always mm-hmm. a cool, cool scene. And yeah, I get. That. I mean, even the front of the house where you see Walton Goggins, uh, the deputy, that that long drawn out shot where he is shot. Uh, I love that. I love the setting. I love the way that whole design was. I, I don't know. For me, the setting's top notch. I'm gonna argue for a four on this one because right. I think it does well with the utilization of space. And for me, the uniqueness is a thousand times. I don't All know. Right. Uh, but yeah, let's talk about the setting for Texas Chainsaw. Did it do anything new for the setting that we hadn't seen in that first one? What, what do you think about the setting of Texas? No, but I feel like we can. I mean, if we combined uh, uh, Leatherface from the from the OG to this one, I think we combine the setting too. I mean, it's yeah. a pretty unique setting. I think it is. It was. Cause do you it, feel like you saw the basement in the this... way you wanted to, though? Did it what? Did you see the basement in the way you wanted to? For some reason, I feel like in that original, I really got a creepier sense of the Hewitt house in the basement. And this one kind of, as I didn't watch the unrated version, I watched the theatrical release, and I felt like there wasn't enough shown of the creepy ambience like we got in that old seventies one. Oh no, I felt I I knew it well enough. It was it was okay. it was shot. So I'm gonna. The reason I love this movie so much, I even liked it more than the original, hmm. mostly because of the cinematography and how much better the shots looked. Um, it, it it's even, a great director, Alexander uh, Aha, right? Yeah, it took out. I mean, it took out some of the grit of the first one because the first one, I mean, that was all grit. I mean, that was shot on right. probably a 16, maybe, maybe it was 32. But that's what made it scarier for me. It I don't did, know, but, yeah. but I still think they kept it creepy by making the scenes, it was, it was so many dark scenes and they highlighted yeah. with uh, perfect lighting the parts that you needed to see and it, they did, oh man, how greasy the basement looked. Like everything just had a slime to it almost. The piano um, was great too. The hook over the piano and that whole scene where she's trying to get him down, like having a climb on the piano and the ominous yeah. keys being played. Oh, that it, was cool. Putting him on the hook was horrific. Ooh. Yes, it um, definitely is. The shot of the house is a pretty iconic shot too. Um, True. I mean that has been used in a lot of shots. Like I think Cat was it 
Cabin Fever did a very similar shot. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of horror movies tend to do, especially when they're in small towns or near a farm. But it's just, I mean, if you are, again, if we're comparing this to the OG, I mean, that was, I think, pretty iconic at the time, for sure. I mean, this was, mm-hmm. man, this was horrible. Yeah, I liked it a lot. I want to give it a lot of credit, but I don't think, in terms of uniqueness, it's anywhere on the same map as House of a Thousand. And House of a Thousand has so much more going on in terms of its setting. My favorite part, as we noted, was the meatpacking plant in Texas. Oh, that was a, um, yeah, that that's was a, where a phenomenal. Up. I loved it there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean... So are, are you willing to agree House gets four? Yeah, I'll give it that a four. For uh, a setting, I have to this give, is its strong point, man. Yeah, I mean, I have to give Texas a 3.5. <sighs> I feel like that's really generous. I really love generous. it, man. Half Just the because reason it's a I setting love this. we see in so many other movies. I know. Uh, yeah, but again, we're comparing it to the OG, the right? Rural farm stuff. Well, I think just as a whole in the settings of horror is what we're really talking about. I have never seen what was done in House of a Thousand Corpses. I have seen Yeah, but are we arguing movies. the originality of the setting or just how good the setting was for the movie? Because those are two different things. Well, well a combination. It's a combination of those. Okay. I, well, I definitely think 3.5 is super generous. I'll, take out, most a, I I'll definitely take out a 3. 0.5 for it not being super original. Okay. All right. <laughs> so 3.5. give it a 3. <laughs> oh, you go, you're willing to go down to 2.5? Oh, I no, would. no, 3.5. Oh, okay. Oh, I think it's got to be a I three. would it give can't it be a, f- a four. I would give it a four. You, you're putting this on par with the setting for House of a Thousand Corpses in terms I, of iconic setting? I think so. Iconic, yes. It's not super original, but, man, the, most of the reason I watched that movie is because of the scenes, man. The shots, it's so creepy. It's so That's ugh. different than the setting, though, the, I feel like. You're talking about the cinematography, the and we should and have a that is part production of the setting, category. For sure. How that setting was shot. Mm-hmm. All right, I'll give you Should a three. Should we rock, paper, you know scissors what? this? I'll give you a three. Because <laughs> I'd want to go down to a 2.5. Oh, no, I'm not going down to 2.5. Like, okay, three. Three, three's fair. I can live with a three. Right. I want to keep this close because I don't think Texas walks away with this. And I think Texas is currently in the lead. Let's talk deeper meanings, though. Um, what's going on in uh, House of a Thousand Corpses? I think I touched on it a little bit. Did you get any sort of deeper meaning here? Not nearly as much as some of the other horror movies we've seen. Uh, honestly, I can't. I think it was a lot like Scream in that it's commentary on horror movies and horror culture as a whole. Um, and the glorification of horror is corruptive and it leads to one's own demise in the end, or it can. I would say, I, I wouldn't um, say it was on par with Scream. Scream was more about, yeah, definitely and horror deeper movies. Meetings, no, you're right. Horror movies. But it I, wasn't just, overt like Scream's is. Well, I think this one was less about movies and just more about, uh, I think, serial killer culture or more than mm. horror movie. Okay. Um, um, yeah, I could see that. I also think it really spoke to like how desensitized, especially like the guy characters are laughing, like when Hugo's saying these horrible things about, you know, lady parts. Um, there's that just, desensitization. It was just Chris Hardwick's character that was joking about it, I think, or was laughing about it. The other guy didn't really. Was Rain, Rain Wilson, Wilson wasn't? Okay. No, fair no, enough. He, fair he enough. more disturbed, I think. He was just more. Well, frankly, how did they all just sit there during that? Why didn't they walk up and get out earlier than that? That's oh, the would thing, you? I feel like they're desensitized to it. I would have <laughs> sat and watched that also. Because it wasn't. Uh, if I was with a girlfriend, uh, I don't know. I don't think so. I think oh, I would have no. walked out with a girlfriend, maybe. I would, I, I <laughs> You're there like hardwood laughing it up. Yeah. Um, deeper meanings are also fun. Was, I feel like it's very anti-American, anti-consumer, anti-culture, like Zombie is. But I felt like those threads that you see in his m- music are also very much present in the deeper meaning of the film, which I appreciated personally. Um, you might Not have to explain. I hate America. Give me some examples. Um, well, on I mean, that one. so example, uh, Otis is wearing a shirt that says "Burn this flag," and it's wearing um, ultimately a it's, it has an American flag on it above that or below that, saying "Burn this flag, American flag." Otis talks a lot about how ultimately people are sucked up into you wear socks with Mickey Mouse on one side and Donald Duck on the other side, and that makes you feel warm and fuzzy when in reality you're nothing. Something like something along those lines. I'm paraphrasing, but Otis's testaments, I feel like, were to um, how, how messed up specifically American culture is. Um, and that's part of why what? you know they, they embrace the horror because they can get away with it. They can do what they're doing. And even when the cops come, they're able to kill the cops. Was uh, Rob Zombie, did he grow up poor? Do you know? He seems like Yeah. He, yeah? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, uh, I listened to his Joe Rogan podcast interview, and he was talking about at one point he was he living in like- Jersey City, an apartment. He's like, oh, my God. 
I'm, I'm going to be a fucking loser. I'm, I'm done. There's nothing. My life has no meaning. Oh, man. Um, but I then live in Jersey City. I'm going to go find out where he lived. Um, Watch he, Joe Rogan's podcast on uh, where he's interviewed. It's really fascinating. It I'll, is. I'll have to do that. But I think it... Uh, it seems like that that rant about the 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 shoes, the Disney shoes, was more of a, you know, I was poor, I can afford them, so I hate people who can. <laughs> Maybe you and your I mean, yeah, there shoes. might be some classism going there, but I would say, I think he wanted not necessarily the shoes. poor. Do you, I feel like these these uh, what the oh, psychotic family and a house of a thousand? I think they choose to be hillbilly-ish. You know what I mean? I don't think Spalding's poor. None of you. them have jobs unless they're just picking off the bones and then keeping the wallets and shit of people that they kill how are they making right and even yeah, well, uh they can make a lot of money that way even fucking captain spoley's not making any money what he had one person come in that shop a day nah he ain't making money i don't think they want money though i don't think they're conscious and like jealous like that i think they're oh, actually i think they spiteful toward it i think yeah because you're, you're, know. you're mad when you don't have something like ah, i wish i was I'm, i hate rich people because i'm not rich well, I like that we both take deeper meanings from that. I didn't, I didn't see any of the characters that actually wanted. Even like you see Grandpa Hugo watching the shitty TV with his crappy TV dinner and stuff. He seemed happy. You know what I mean? It wasn't like he seemed resentful of his Latin life. I think they've embraced what they are in a way. I don't know. Maybe the Hewitts don't even when we talk about deeper meanings. I, I see what you're talking about more in Texas Chainsaw than this one. A dissatisfaction of your lot. I feel like this, this Otis's fam chooses this lifestyle they're not super happy i mean they're killing people to get off like you're pretty pissed off if you have to kill somebody you know what i mean i i'm not saying they're they're completely content with their lot in life i think they've just adapted to learn to find ways i think baby's happy you don't think sherry ann moon's happy oh i think she might just be mentally handicapped she's really really hot but yeah she's just Um, in terms of commentary on the times, the human genome is 99% mapped in 2003, which is kind of interesting. You get the understanding of our design and our flaws therein, because as mentioned before, Otis talks a lot about the blood. The blood is what lives on. And I don't know. I think there's something going on there um, in that life is ephemeral. What about lasting impact of house when we talk about deeper meanings? I don't know. I don't think it, uh, it's become a cult classic. I would say nowadays people are watching this more than Texas. Yeah, it is a cult classic. I don't know. Uh, uh, it's kind of it has its own the, area in Universal Studios for their haunted area. This did kind of re revamp. I almost want to say this kind of kicked off horror porn. What is it? Uh, gore porn. Yeah, yeah. It? I think Saw That's took a lot a really from good this. Point. It, I think it did kick off right. a lot of stuff. So this is probably a. Yeah, this was serious. Serious impact. I feel like it made this huge cult classic. Now it took. Um, yeah, and of I, course, it's got two sequels. This has two sequels. This does have two sequels. Devil's Reject is a sequel to this. Oh, does that and count the as one a, that's a coming se- out? I don't know. They counted as a sequel. Yeah, I loved it. Devil's I think Rejects. they do. I think they do. And then now we have uh, Three from Hell, which, when you look at the wiki page, it says these are sequels, and you have your three main characters still um, in it. So. I love I love Devil's Reject, so I'm happy that that was spawned off of this, and I felt like I loved it more because I'd already seen them um, in their natural habitat, and then to see them out on the loose as they were. Was I do love great. it when horror movies take place in the '70s, though. I yeah, I no, I get it. that, I get that, and that's a good point. To be honest with you, I wasn't as cognizant that it was taking place in the '70s in Texas Chainsaw. Um, but for me, in a modern, in terms of modern day horror. House of a Thousands is probably the most affecting to me when I had seen it initially. Like, to me, my scariest is the original Texas Chainsaw. That's what makes this battle so hard for me. Um, because I know you say this one, you prefer to the OG Texas. But to me, that that hammer scene in that first Texas Chainsaw where he just bludgeons the guy to death is so muted in this one. You know what I mean? You don't actually see Kemper get hammered in the face like you do in the in the original one. And that's a problem for me because that's really what the moment and of course you have the the guy in the wheelchair in the first one too whereas the guy in the wheelchair in this one's a bad guy i feel like that that mutes some of the urgency that was in that first one um, but yeah. that could be a whole nother month of icon showdowns i was but pretty yeah, i was pretty bummed that there wasn't a wheelchair guy because watching a wheelchair guy in a wheelchair die is <laughs> something special it is. It, yeah, it absolutely is. I mean, oh, you don't a, see it. It's you know, taboo. Uh, they had a little homage. I'm going to throw this in there. Uh, when she pulls out the knife to unpick the lock to get in the bathroom in the very beginning. Um, yeah. Uh, what is it? Uh, her, uh, whatever. 
I'm so dumb today. Uh, why am I back in Justin Long's page? <laughs> I'm losing it. Anyway, Jennifer Bill's character <laughs> okay. picks, picks the bathroom lock, and she goes, it's my brother's. And then in the OG, the guy in the wheelchair gives his sister the, pretty much the same knife, and she keeps oh. it. Oh, that's it's cool. Just, I think it's just a little homage to that movie. Yeah, a little callback. Uh, anyway. I definitely dig that. Wait, yeah, so let's talk about the deeper meanings for Texas Chainsaw. What did you see going on there? I'm so bad with the meanings with these two. I really? <laughs> That's fair. I mean, I, I mean, it's just it's such a solid remake, and I'm, I, I don't know if did the original have a, small towns, poor people. I don't know, typical horror movie. Well, there, that's kind of a deeper meaning in itself. The fact that it is so effective as a reboot. A lot of reboots fail. This one, I mean, it kind of proves just human nature um, that we're willing to digest or ingest the same thing and digest it if it's that good. And that kind of does speak to Texas Chainsaw's iconic nature and, and the power of the character Leatherface, really. And also, I think you could argue that the uh, it has like it talks about the effect of being disconnected from society. I think maybe the family wouldn't have supported him as much if they didn't if they had more interactions with others and also the implications of being disabled or afflicted with a skin disease um, and what that does not only to the person afflicted with it, but to the family and how that affects them. Um, I think in a way we have individual psychos in House of a Thousand, we have psychos made by the one psycho. You know what I mean? In Texas. I feel like they've all been corrupted by him. I don't feel like Otis made everybody the way everyone is in House of a Thousand, but I feel like Leatherface made his family that way. Do you think that? I don't... I, you could assume that, but I bet you that family was pretty fucked up before that kid was even born, though. I don't think they had a mm. deformed kid, and all of a sudden we're like, let's kidnap people. Um, I'm, if anything, I think the kid, yeah, yeah, he had a skin disease, but then also his family was fucked up, so... That's what made it. But there is the little kid, though, that's not like the family, you know? He's He's not deformed. That's true. He is a goofy looking kid, though. Well, nobody else is deformed in that family. He's the only one deformed, right? They're ugly, but they're not deformed. Like, Arlie Emery's a normal looking guy. Um, Yeah, he better be the only only deformed one, then. But the kid, they do. That kid does just. He was was he living in the that that barn? He's, he needs some braces. Yeah, yeah. He, he had some shitty teeth. Uh, that's for sure. But that I mean, if you don't have normal health care and dental care, you're not going to feel like a human compared to other humans. You know. Also, I bet you that kid um, doesn't spend much time at home, which is why he's somewhat sympathetic, normalish. Yeah, yeah he true, seems to like spend a lot of time in that in that barn or whatever. That's a good factory point. they were in. Um, also, in terms of deeper meaning, what happened at the time, 2003, is when Department of Homeland Security begins, which I think is kind of potent because we kind of have domestic terrorists in this film, in both these films, actually. What about the lasting impact now of this new one? I mean, I, I had to buy the DVD, which I never do. Wow. I bought the collector's DVD, which I think my brother sold because he's an asshole, but because uh, <laughs> I can't find it. But I, I mean, I still think, when I think of Texas Chainsaw, I think of this movie. I don't think of the original. I think of this version of Texas. I think Fair. this is so dark. Plus, no, it was when clearly, I was really clearly got to you. Cinematography. So, I mean, mm. just the how it was shot kills me. All the the, the slow pans and the dolly shots. And yeah, Je, 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 uh, Jessica Biel's butt is just so round in it. <laughs> like, uh, well, I mean, there, there's something to be said for that. Uh, but I also think it's lasting in that Otis is not in. Like, um, what is it, The those fighting games that are like Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat, actually, Leatherface has his own DLC, um, as well as Dead by Daylight, we can fight Leatherface. You know what I'm yeah. saying? This is a character that is as bigger than anyone in House of a Thousand Corpses. So in terms of that lasting impact, I will give it that. Oh, yeah. Um, it shaped oh, the man. idea of the That, def- that shot where you go through the, the woman's head in the beginning after she shot herself in the face. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, that was that was a good one. That was great. I mean, You're yeah, Leatherface right. is probably top three, almost. Okay, well, here's my question: icons. if it if it made a hundred million dollars, why hasn't there been a sequel? Why there hasn't has Jessica Biel popped up in another one? No, they did do a sequel. One. They just didn't get her to do it. Someone else did it. I forget her name. Though. And it was released in the theaters. Yeah, it was bad, but it was released in the theaters. Probably like oh, two years that's later. A bummer. I think they even yeah. either made a third one or they're working on a third one. 
No kidding. I was completely unaware of it. So in that sense, I, I didn't feel like it had that lasting impact. But as noted before, I do feel like people are going to remember as a whole House of a Thousand more. So let's give these, these points um, in terms of deeper meaning. I know you're not big on the deeper meanings for either of these, but what do you think for House of? Because I love the idea of the glorification of horror um, in it, in the way that it, I know you don't think it necessarily deals specifically with movies, but just horror culture it deals so well with and so meaningful to me. Okay, I mean, I I, I feel good about a two point five. Okay, that means <laughs> what for? I would say three. About, I want right. to argue with three. Well, I was going to say three, but if I if I said three, you're going to say three point five. That's so true. I <laughs> you're right on that one. Um, so I saw less deeper meaning in Texas. If I'm honest with you, um, what would you? Because I don't know. You didn't really argue much for the deeper meanings in it. That's how I want to say like one point five. I mean, I just didn't see as much deeper meaning in either of them. But I I. 1.5. <laughs> I see what well, you're doing. You want me to say two. <laughs> okay. So what I'm going to say is 2.5. <laughs> <laughs> two it is. Two it is. All right, I fair. think two is fair. I think there's less going on there than there is in House of a Thousand One. There, there might be. Years. There might be. Uh, okay, let's talk about Fright Factor. Which one legitimately scared you more? In terms of kill count, uh, Texas Chainsaw had um, seven. House of a Thousand had 18 deaths in it. Um, quality of kills. What do you think about the quality of kills in House of a Thousand? I mean, they're good. Just that turning, turning uh, uh, Rain Wilson into that half fish person. Oh my god, that was a delight. And then showing it to his girlfriend. Oh. I mean, there's that extra impact, you know. I mean, they both did the face, the face off, like yeah, as the boyfriend in, in Texas, and then this one had the old man's face, the dad's oh, face. Yeah. Right. Um, his kill was kind of in any of the gun kills. Meh. Don't show me a gun. It's a horror movie. I like the Wal- Walton Goggins one, the deputy, where they do the long shot away. That okay, real slow. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was, was cool for a gunshot. They long. Right, but that was why it worked for me. I loved know? it. No, that was great. I thought that was a good. That was a good kill for sure. That's a quality liked, kill. I like that guy's character. What was his name? Deputy George Willett. Is that Tom Towles? Mm. Is that his name? No, Walton Goggins. You got the that's the sheriff is Tom Towles. Oh, okay. Walton Goggins is the actor who played the the deputy that had that long shot. What is his character's name? Let's uh, look that up real quick. Steve. Uh, Nash. Steve Nash. Steve Nash. I do uh, like he's Steve a great Nash. actor. Oh man, he's great. I know. I'm kind of bummed that he's doing this like CBS show now. The Unicorn feels kind of like a sellout, especially after Vice Principals and this great stint in Righteous Gemstones. I think Ooh, he could do yeah. better. Justified. And, of course, in Quentin Tarantino's uh, Hateful Eight. Can't go wrong with that. Mm. Um, what about Fright Factor in terms of, we kind of touched on a little bit, but this is where I like to talk about the, the music design, um, and, and specifically the video design. I know you love the cinematography of Texas Chainsaw, but didn't you see how Rob Zombie was doing something real new with these cutaways that were super yeah, freakish that gave us? Yeah, it was very music video-ish. You know what it I mean? was. You could tell. True. It, it didn't bother me, the flashes. It just seemed... I just, you know, I, I went to film school, so a lot of kids were throwing these little cuts to be like edgy, and that, that's just kind of what it reminded yeah. me of. But okay. with the music, it worked. Uh, it was new, it was fun. It did have like a little flair to it, which kept me interested. And it always had these different like color lenses going on. I, I I agree with you that it is like a music video, but the fact that we hadn't seen it before, and it's always cutting to insights of the the horror, the horrific characters. You know, you don't see cuts to the father, you know what I mean? Yeah. You only see like an Otis sermon or baby uh, rolling around with skeletons, you know? Yeah. Uh, for me, I thought it was effective. But I, I do see your point there. I do. I think it was effective. What's your I think most, most effective scene? thing about that movie, though, was uh, I got to say the characters. Like um, Dr. Satan, that was a trip. Mm-hmm. That was a trip character. Yeah. I don't know what those, <laughs> why he was dangling like a puppet. Uh <laughs> Why he needed that? I don't know. Is he dead? And they're just no. I don't know. That was kind of creepy. I don't know. And his little creature, the, the, again, the red skull. That was that was a cool character. I mean, I think they're literally trying to make hell on earth, you know, in a way that is not as conscious in Texas. I feel like these characters are scarier than Leatherface, yeah. really, um, because do. they do it more purposely and not necessarily out of revenge or jealousy. Like I think their motives are more complex and more well, devil devilish, you know. I don't think any other any one character was was creepier than Texas. I mean, as a whole, maybe. 
but the, their motives the their motives i think their motives are because i feel like texas chainsaw's leather faith looks at people like me sure he's sociopathic and he can't empathize with people but I wouldn't say the same with these the psychotic family in House of a Thousand. I feel like they don't see people as me. They see people as toys. You know. I don't know. And I feel like if scarier. I was if I was stuck in one of those situations, I would rather be stuck with House of a Thousand Corpses because I feel like maybe really? I could become their friends if I got real <laughs> fucked up. Something I could be like, yo, let's be friends. I'll be just as fucked up. Or leave me alone. But drop me in Texas Chancellor Massacre. I don't. I'm not going to talk that dude into being my friend. He's just going to cut me up. Right. I would rather just go immediately than that small smidgen of a chance. They're not going to cut off my hand and my foot and then say, ah, we'll keep you around for fun. You know, I just feel like you're going to be tortured in a way that Leatherface doesn't torture. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Especially think about Pepper's death. He just freaking slices up her back. He doesn't doesn't milk that one at all. She's just oh, done immediately. Shit. He didn't even too bother shit. with the hook with her. Or even like the hammer to the face. That's such a quick death. That's why I'm surprised he kept Andy alive. I'm not sure why he did. I just feel like he if they weren't dicks, maybe maybe they would have survived. I don't know. Mm. Maybe they even okay. would have been like, yeah, I mean, yeah, one of them was going to have sex with one of them. But hey, you get out, I think. They'd be like, yeah, you were cool. You can go. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I'd be wrong on that one, though. Uh, what about, I mean, can, does Texas have a theme? Does there a theme song for that? Not really, no, right? I think it's just the flash sounds, uh, how it opens to. It's like, oh, yeah. The, yeah, yeah that's cool. Good sound effect. Um, but not necessarily as iconic in terms of sounds. But I do like that sound effect. It's a good sound effect. Um, and then the scariest scene in each of them for you, what were they? Mm. House of a Thousand Corpses. Ooh, there actually is kind of a lot, a lot of creepy scenes in there. I think maybe the fish. And showing it to his girlfriend might be one of the creepier ones. I remember that yeah, being pretty horrific. That's up there. When I was seeing it. I, I got to go, your, I'm going to say that one. Uh, for me, it's definitely when they release them as in the bunny costumes and then baby oh, chases was it down the one you hate. Just so artsy fartsy kind of. Put I love them in it, a though. bunny outfit. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't like that. I like that a lot. I don't know why. Because they were treating them like bunnies, lab rabbits. You know? For me, it worked. And, uh, but to each their own, as they say. Um, but yeah, second to that, maybe like the, the scene at the dinner table where they all have to wear masks. Like super, maybe not scary, but like that's maybe one of the creepier scenes for me. Um what about, of course, the meatpacking plant for Texas? As far as scary goes? Yeah. When she's, like, hiding in, like, a rib cage of a cow. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. That might be it. Yeah, I can see that one being it. Okay, what do we, what do we score on them Fright Factor-wise? House, for me, like I said, it was one of the most affecting ever for me. I want to give it a four. So you've got to talk me down for a four in terms of Fright Factor for House. I think I would give you a four on that one. It was pretty epic. Thank you. Uh, Texas, I really like, and I want to give it like a 3.5. I don't think it's as scary as House. All right, I'll give it a 3.5. Oh, my gosh. Let's add them up. Let's add them up. Uh, I might even want to. We'll cut this out because I hate doing math. It takes forever. Uh, 3.5 plus 3. we got a 6 going on. 6.5. Ooh, that was a rough one. 7.5. Yeah, it's going to hurt it. 11.5. 11.5. 14.5. And we have 18 for House of a Thousand Corpses. And what do we have for Texas? Texas, Texas. 19.4 right off the bat. 7. Did you do it already? No, no, I'm just guessing. 10, 13. We have 13, 15. Oh my gosh, it wins by 0.5 points. Texas did, right? The bells rung! The most iconic horror film of 2003 by a margin of 0.5 pentagrams is Texas Chainsaw Massacre with Jessica Biel. Believe it or not, it has beaten House of a Thousand Corpses by some miracle. <laughs> How do you feel Man, about that, Scott? <laughs> I'm okay with it. I'm telling you, those heroes really brought down a thousand. If they just cast a little bit better with those, I think that would have won. It would have won. I, it's it's deserving. I'm okay with it. It's definitely a super affecting and, and super scary movie. So 
as a whole, the fact that we have really no surviving characters in House is what lost it for it. The one in the surviving characters lost it for House of a Thousand Corpses. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> you might it's, need to re- winner. revamp how you score these, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe for the next month. I'm going to keep rolling with this as is, though. But I want to thank Scott Allen for uh, being a gracious co-host, as usual. Um, Scott, how do people follow you online? You can go to Instagram at Stupid Consumer, or I think I have a Twitter account at the BM Bucket. There you go. There you I go. I mostly just uh, troll Trump, so it's kind of fun. Beyond that, if you want to support the podcast, please check out my uh, media hub, parasociable.com, spelled P-A-R-A-S-O-C-I-A-B-L-E.com. There you can find my novel, my music, all sorts of jazz, and check it out. But until the next time, as they say in the business, the bell is rung.